life need to raise my consciousness so I can help others see that so that we can all heal the earth so that we can all live a more joyful, abundant, connected way of being instead of this scarcity and addicted to busy and hustle. That's not actual abundance. Even if you have a ton of money, that is not abundance. That's not an abundant way of being. Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast, where soulful entrepreneurship and holistic mind-body wellness meet to help you heal, discover your soul's purpose, and change the world. I'm your host, Gabby Ortega, entrepreneur, psychology expert, social media maven, and soulful leadership coach, and it's my mission to empower you into becoming the light leader you're meant to be. Each episode will be diving deep into topics that will help you gain personal mastery over your healing and mind-body wellness, while also giving you practical tips and tools to help you create, market, and scale a heart-centered business around your soul's purpose and life mission. Whether you're in the beginning of your self-awakening journey or a seasoned inner work god or goddess who's ready to step into their leadership as a soulpreneur, this is going to be your new favorite place to be. We know that you don't just want to feel happier and more fulfilled, but you want to deeply know yourself and powerfully step into your life's purpose while creating massive abundance around your mission. That's why I've created this podcast for you, the light leader of the next generation. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Ortega, and I am thrilled today because we have someone very, very special for you. Her name is Yaro, and she is a clinically trained therapist and alchemical healer with over 15 years of experience teaching yoga, meditation, and breathwork, and she's the founder of the Art of Connecting Method. She uses the holy trinity of healing modalities, which you guys know is something I'm super into, which is psychological, spiritual, and somatic. And she helps expansive leaders heal their central nervous systems and gently process pain and trauma so that they feel safe to just be and receive. So welcome, Yaro, to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. <laughs> to be here with you. I love Oh my God. No, I'm so excited because we just did a live the other day and um, Yaro and I were talking about like not in the live, but afterwards about um, a lot of really important things that we're going to talk about today, namely victimhood. It's a very triggering subject. Um, and so I highly recommend just getting, you know, comfortable wherever you are, if you're listening, because we may be getting a little spicy, a little controversial today, but in the best way to hopefully give you guys some, some, uh, you know, uh, tips and tools for growth and some things to chew on because I think we are living in a world that really thrives off of and profits off of our victimhood, uh, off of our false beliefs that we can't show up for things, we can't do things, we're not capable enough, we're not worthy enough. And um, it's also getting in the way of friendships, getting in the way of relationships and kind of breaking us all apart. And I think when we were talking about this, I was like, you got, you have to come on the podcast because <laughs> this is something that needs to be said. It so does. It's such a crucial subject because it go keeps us stuck. And then we don't know why we're stuck. And then we are actually unconsciously a victim to so many different things in our lives. And society really profits, like you said, off of our victimhood and our scarcity. Because if we're in scarcity mode, we're in victim mode. And they go hand in hand. And expanding beyond that is a place uh, coming from a place of abundance. And it takes us rewiring our societal conditioning 
healing our trauma because if we're seeing the world through the lens of our trauma, then we're triggered by everything. And it's so much easier to project out than it is to go inside. Because I, we- and I'm guilty of this. And this is something else we talked about. You guys, like we're not standing here on a pedestal saying we're, we've never fucked up. <laughs> And like, we've never hurt people or done things out of our pain. We're like with you. Like we've been there and um, we've been in our victimhoods a hundred percent as well. Yeah. And when you go inside, you have to sit with the shame. And so when you have to sit with the shame of, okay, how did my coping mechanisms, my unmet childhood needs play a role in the situation that happened that may have been traumatic? Mm. At one time, you may have been a victim, but you don't have to stay one. And we are so resistant to looking at how has the way I relate to the world played a role into the creation in the creation of my life. Mm. And that requires us to change the way that we relate to the world, which requires us to sit with the shame of the ways that we have related to the world. And I relate so much to this. I, there were so many sneaky ways I was a victim to the world. And I'm not talking about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Like not at all. That's not, a, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about gentleness and acceptance around what were my unmet not childhood needs? How are they showing up in my current world? And how is that creating the trauma that's happening to me? Mm, yeah. And I, I love that. And I love that you're really differentiating and saying like, look, we're not here to shame anybody because shame is like studies show one of the worst feelings that we feel like that, not that it hurts us physically, but that our body really hates it. And like our mind really hates feeling shame. And so we will do everything and anything to avoid taking some responsibility, looking at these things because it literally is painful for our whole being to sit in that shame, but it won't kill us. Us. And actually, when we put shame into the light of compassion, as Brene Brown likes to say, shame cannot exist. And so that key element of bringing in gentle, non-judgmental um, openness and nur- nourishment in the sense of how can we, you know, really heal these childhood wounds that are now harming others, and we don't want to do that and are harming ourselves in the process, um, but but in a way that's supportive and empowering. Absolutely. Because without compassion, we go into a shame spiral and then we shut down and then we want to project out. We want to make everyone else wrong because if everyone else is wrong, then I don't have to sit with my shame. And Mm -hmm. and, in that, this is the perception of the world. And it actually doesn't even mean that what other people did was right. Maybe you were really harmed. Maybe there was something abusive that happened. Maybe there was some assault and also, and there's no victim shaming here. What was happening for me where I was going out into the world in a way that was attracting in these things? And that is a really controversial thing to say because I'm very upset with that comment. Yeah. I just want people to think about how does my life look now versus after I've done a little bit of healing versus I've done a, after I've done a little bit more healing versus after I've done a little bit more healing. Mm. When we change our energetic frequency, our world looks very different. It's so true. Everything around us changes. Um, And I think, you know, I want to um, really kind of differentiate here and explain when we talk about if you're coming from the psychology realm, this might be familiar. If you're not, it may not be um, or or either way. But this is something I kind of learned in school. But this kind of um, sense that we attract 
um, these things that hurt us, I want to just kind of clarify that when we talk about we attract, it's more along the lines of unconscious behavior, unconscious automatic thoughts that drive us to do certain things, seek certain patterns that we're repeating, seek certain kinds of individuals that are familiar and may not be safe, but are familiar because of what we've experienced. And that's the unconscious working. So the best example is, you know, you always hear about, oh my gosh, you date your dad or whatever, you know, if you're, if you're hetero and and, you know, you're a woman. That's what I heard growing up. And I was like, now, and I love my dad. We have, you know, our own unique relationship now. Um, and he has his own struggles, but he's doing really well. And the thing was, when I was growing up, he wasn't doing really well. And I kept finding myself as a teenager and later as an adult, really attracted and like, like physically attracted to people with characteristics that he had that were not the healthiest. And it's interesting. It's not saying like, I am attracted to my dad. Let's like be very clear about that. But but it's that unconsciously we seek out what we know and what is quote unquote safe um, is what's familiar. So unconsciously as you're walking around and I was like walking around doing my thing, not really looking for anything, I would see somebody and meet them and energetically be like, oh, I'm so into this person only to discover like, oh my God, they're just like my dad, but not in the good ways, in all the worst ways. And those people hurt me. And so it's not that I was standing there like, you know, consciously trying to attract and hurt myself and attract the wrong person, but that because of this programming, because of, and you know, we'll talk more about this, the nervous system and the way that the unconscious works, I, without my conscious mind realizing it until I started to heal and could put the pieces together, um, was like literally attracted to the things that were not good for me, mainly because also the brain is always looking to close the trauma loops. And if you have a trauma loop that's open and many that are open, you will keep unconsciously seeking the things that are going to help you close that loop, whether they help it or not, which is like repeating the same shit over and over again. So I don't want you guys to, to at all internalize this as us saying, you're standing there attracting, you know, um, poverty or you're attracting, you know, violence or you're attracting oppression. We are in by no means saying that that's separate of the systems that are in place um, that are already horrific and all of that stuff. But more so the psychological concept that like it's the unconscious at work that drives our behavior until we start to heal and become conscious of those things. So um, I, I don't know, just like something I want to make sure we talk about because there's a lot of nuance to this and I want to be really respectful of of like, you know, not, you know, approaching this as mindfully as we possibly can. <laughs> Subject because people, I mean, and so, and you bring up like the systems that are already in place, which absolutely they're wrong. There's no question. There is no question about that. And what on an individual level can each of us do? And, and that starts with us. And some people don't even have the education or ability to do this. And so it starts with us bringing that to more people because yeah. You start to do this healing, you start to increase your sense of worth, right? So Gabby mentioned, you know, you were attracted to your dad. And I was telling Gabby the other day, I was attracting emotionally unavailable romantic situations where I had felt abandoned because I had abandonment wound from my father when I was two. Mm. I drove myself insane. Why can't I figure this out? Why does this keep presenting itself? And so it's interesting because Gabby and I have converged at both kind of a mix of psychology and spirituality, but we come at it from different spaces. Gabby comes more from the psychology into the spirituality, and I come from the spirituality into the psychology. Spiritually, I believe the things that come into our life over and over and over 
are, are to help us up level and heal. Oh yeah. I'm so fucking frustrated by that. For <laughs> even, I think it's okay to say Right. <laughs> yep, yep. I can relate. If any can, if anybody also can relate, like shout it out. <laughs> like, why does this keep happening? I'm doing all the things. I'm meditating. I'm journaling. I'm doing yoga like five hours a day. Literally, not even joking. That's not even an exaggeration. Like, oh not. I would do five hours of yoga and then go work in a restaurant. Talk about exhausting. I literally could not. I could not. I don't know how you did that. Hot yoga and then go to a restaurant. Girl, <laughs> now you were putting yourself through the ringer. Like, and I was banging my head against the wall because I couldn't, I couldn't bridge the gap. And so I was a victim unconsciously, which is why I'm so passionate about this because I was really strong. I was really can handle everything I've got this but like these things would happen and I'd become a victim to like but I can't help it but I can't help it no you're not really sitting with the grief around losing your dad at two years old which because how does a two-year-old grieve a two-year-old can't grieve so these you mentioned Gabby they're unconscious behaviors they are we don't know what our soul's contract is we're birthed into this world and it's kind of like okay here's what I'm presented with how do I heal so that I increase the energetic vibration of the whole world because we unconsciously go into the world and you can think about like ways I sought attention when I was in my teenage years. How did I seek, seek attention? How did I feel about my sexuality? How did I present that into the world? How did I feel about my own worth? And then if we're not looking at that and something happens to us and all we're doing is that person did something bad to me, which is true, most likely. 99.9% of the time, maybe 100% of the time, that is true. And also, where was I not owning my own power of how beautiful and brilliant and sexy and embodied I am as a human, as a woman, mm. that creating these dynamics? Ooh, and it's so interesting because what popped into my mind was a relationship that I had in my in my early 20s where the person was very like narcissistic, very abusive in their the way that he treated me. It was very like a lot of gaslighting, a lot of put downs, a lot of like like anytime I would try to shine, it was a lot of dimming of my shine to make sure I knew I wasn't important. And I just like it popped. I haven't thought about this person in so long, but you talking about that makes me think of all of the times he would say things to me that felt so bad in my body. And I would go, that is so fucked up. And like if, if anyone had said that to my friend, my mom, my dog, even like I would have been like, fuck you, get out of here. But for some reason, I couldn't say anything like i just was wasn't in a place where i knew what to say or i felt safe or i was the actual like abandonment wound um talk about that me as well like was really deep and i didn't realize that and so i stayed in relationship with this person who really destroyed my my confidence really destroyed my sense of um capability that I could do things like and just really fucked with my my head for quite a while um but yeah and it's and i think about that now that i'm more in my healing place back then i definitely don't think i was ready to hear that message but like at this time and and even probably earlier like after i started the healing i i definitely agree like i did not set back 
boundaries. I didn't say no. I didn't. And I, and I could have, you know, like it wasn't a serious domestic violence situation where again, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way, but there were so many opportunities for me to say, you know what, this is really fucked up and not okay. And to walk away. And I didn't. And so it's interesting. So you bring up the abandonment wound and this is where it gets so tricky with the shame, right? Because I've been there. I've been in situations where people are like, why are you putting up with this shit? When I was a teenager, I definitely had an emotionally abusive boyfriend. Like, and I, and he was never physically abusive, but he was so controlling and I liked it. I wouldn't admit that. And it wasn't until later I knew. And here, I'll tell you why I liked it. Because when he was telling me what to do, I didn't have to think. Yeah. I didn't be with myself. So that felt really comfortable for me to have someone just say, don't wear that. You can wear that. Don't cut your hair. Like he would get really angry if I cut my hair. I was like 15, 16 years old. Mm. That felt comfortable. I grew out of that quickly. Like I, um, by the time I was like 17 or 18, like that was gone. But there were other ways that things have happened in my life, like especially in romantic relationships where it's been like, why am I putting up with this? And so if you think about abandonment, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate speaks about attachment versus authenticity. I mean, love I adore him. love him. I love him, as you know. So I did his year-long compassionate inquiry um, training, and I'm about six months in, I think, uh, maybe a little more than that. And so he speaks about attachment versus versus authenticity, and we we reject our authenticity for our attachment because we are so afraid of being alone and that. And that sounds like what you were doing. It's a lot what I've been, I've done where it's like, oh my God, your central nervous system feels like I will die without this person. That's yeah. what it feels like in your body. And that's your attachment wound. So if we're talking attachment styles. That's your attachment wound. We're attachment-based creatures. And in the spiritual community in particular, they shame attachment needs. Like, oh, needs are bad. But um, John Wellwood, who was coined the term spiritual bypassing in 1984, he was a, he is a Buddhist and a psychotherapist and he would witness in his Buddhist community, people were rejecting intimate relationships because you know what happens in the intimate relationships? All of our shit comes out. So then they were like, Oh my God, so bad. This is so yeah. bad. But what they were actually doing was avoiding their healing because yeah. that's healing. And so I'm having a lot of different thoughts come at me, but when you're talking about domestic violence, I think about Tina Turner mm. and Turner actually made the change when she started chanting, which heals your central nervous system. That was when she got the courage to leave Ike. I didn't it, know that. Is this from the documentary that's out? I have to see it. It is in the movie. What's love got to do with it? Cause I had yeah. to write Pacifica. <laughs> and yes, I by the way, guys, we're both fellow Pacifica nerds. If in case you're wondering of like where I find all of my spiritual psychology people. <laughs> Pacifica Graduate Institute in Santa Barbara, best program ever, hands down, like best time. I mean, I flew from New York City, California once a month for two and a half years for four days. It was the best choice I ever made. So I love that place just to plug. Just like we're not getting paid. We just we just love it. So much gratitude for Pacifica. So, um, yeah. So when I watched that movie, because I had actually never seen it, there's my cat's tail. Um, I had never seen it, and I saw that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense." She found spirituality, and she started chanting, which which 
tones your vagus nerve and your fourth chakra, your fifth chakra. So opening your heart and giving you a voice. Mm. Yeah, for those of you, most of us know that Ike Turner was very abusive towards Tina Turner. And so I, I don't know if everybody knows that, but you can Google search it pretty easily. And she, that was what finally gave her the power to move forward because she was so strong. And that's the thing with most people. They're so strong, but strong is like gripping on, holding on. It's tight. When you power, you're able to have ease and gentleness and to move into things and out of things in a way where you don't have to hold on. Mm, oh, and that's everything you guys like everything like don't hold on tightly to anything because that causes suffering and this is you know that buddhist tradition as well like causes suffering and um the attachment is is not that we don't want to have like intimate relationships and attachments that are like healthy but we don't want to like hold on to just one like one way of doing things one thing one vision like and anything you don't want to grab onto too tightly because um you don't control it <laughs> let it go and then you're just gonna suffer if it doesn't go well so it's like why bother that includes don't hold on to your avoidance of needs right it's all yes. things and that was where actually at Pacifico because I had done so many years of spiritual healing but I was stuck and I was like I don't understand and I was at Pacifico one day and I had this light bulb go off and it was like in order to let go you first have to be healthfully attach mm, yeah thought about secure attachment before it was always I went from super anxiously attached to knowing that was unhealthy because I was controlling every boyfriend I had because I was so scared to really like I oh my god I was such a nightmare so I'm like I can relate though like for sure like I would be like what are you doing what's going on where are you who are you with <laughs> like it's so bad so it squeezes the joy out of your connection it does. And then you become really enmeshed in a way that's like you're not, you're codependent and enmeshed and it's just like a trauma cycle all over again. You're terrified of loss and you can't enjoy them when they're there. You can't enjoy them when they're not there. Intimately, it feels really like the connection is affected. So I really pushed that away when I was like 21. It was like, I have to learn to be independent. But what I did is I went to the total other side. So I became like, avoidantly anxiously attached if that makes even makes sense it was like, like swung to the other side of the pendulum yeah it makes sense i never really found secure intimate connection which is why which is also the ventral system if you're looking at the central nervous system like connection home joy play it took me so long to get there like because it was unconscious like i don't want to be anxiously attached so i'll become avoidant right like mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. and so when we're doing that we're attracting these things to help us heal and we're not looking at them that way because we're like, no, I'm not attracting this. I'm doing all the healing things. I'm still okay. Or I'm doing all the healing stuff. So it has to be them. Yeah. It has to be the outside world because I'm doing all this work, but all the work is bringing forth the stuff. And then the universe is going to keep hitting you over the head until you're finally like, Oh shit, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I know when I finally realized that I was like, oh man, I had tried everything, everything to make it not me. Like, I'm not even kidding you. I shed so many friends because I was like, it's them. And I like quit jobs or I like got rid of things. And I was like, oh, it's everybody else. And then like when I was there and it was just me, I was like, oh fuck, it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and you can be healing, but you can also still be like, it's just still layers and layers and layers on lessons. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the interesting part, I think, and we spoke about this, when you first start healing, you kind of go into this cocoon, which is which is real. And you're like, 
it's all them. And that is kind of a necessary place for you to go into where you're like, okay, here I am. I'm cradling myself in my cocoon. I'm hiding with my crystals. <laughs> and I'm also feeling for maybe for the first time, like all the rage that I've been feeling towards people who have hurt me and recognizing that I am a victim for the first time. And that's actually an identity that maybe you want to just like hang on to for a minute and give yourself that relish a little bit in that like, oh my God, fucking finally, I like, it makes sense. And I know for me, that was a really liberating space to be. And it's so easy to get stuck there because then there's no self-responsibility in many ways. It's kind of like you're allowing yourself to be in the stuff and without actually, because we're not really maybe necessarily at that strength level yet to be able to look at our participation in it. The shame level would be too much because we're just coming to terms with this is a new narrative that I'm going to be, you know, internalizing that I am a victim of something that happened. And so it's, yes, you guys, it's like stages. Like you can't just go from like recognition of stuff that happened to you to healed, you know, like it just doesn't happen. So it's okay to get in the stuff, right? total responsibility because like you said the shame is too much and that is a protective mechanism from our central nervous system because we have to go within our window of tolerance i always speak about like you have to move slowly and so that is a necessary space to be in and kind of what will happen in that space is you'll be like it's everyone else and you'll go into yourself and as you grow out of that you may develop new friendships that are almost based on a different coping mechanism and then you'll relate to that for a while and then if you keep growing all of a sudden you'll just be like oh I'm responsible for my abundance and my healing and you'll really look at your relationships that are actually giving you life rather than you guys related or bonded trauma bonding but I like to say you're relating through your defenses instead of your authentic self. Mm, I love that. And it's almost like, you know, you're relating from a place of being unhealed to like, now there has to be a different kind of dynamic. And sometimes what's great is like, people are on a journey too, and they'll, they're growing with you. And then sometimes they don't, and you have to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, like you're on your own path. And this is, we're not aligned. And that's okay. And, you know, they may come back, and, you know, and go, Oh, my God, like I had a friend um, who I who I kind of disconnected with, because I was really outgrowing her. And she was a wonderful human being, like, I really cared about her, but her but I just couldn't meet her where she was anymore. Because it was just like, I, it was too painful for me. And so I took a giant step back and she couldn't understand why I was healing, why I was doing like meditation and yoga and chanting and not drinking alcohol and like really focusing on my wellness and my highest self creation. She was like, yeah, okay, okay. And then I got a message from her about a year ago. And this was like maybe a year after we had kind of stopped talking um, and kind of went our own way. And she was like, I just went through my spiritual awakening and I just wanted to say, I get it. <laughs> Baby chills. That's so sweet. I love that story. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So you can really like, you, you know, you guys like, don't be afraid to like detach, reattach, detach, leave it, let it go <laughs> as you're growing um, through your stages of healing. Like Yara was saying, you know, you keep growing and getting higher and higher up in this elevator of consciousness and healing. And like, 
don't be afraid to like go like let people go on their own journeys you don't have to carry them with you but know that you don't have to be a victim forever and you don't have to stay there forever and like lots of people like to stay there for a long time but it only causes more suffering for you at the end of the day if you were hit by a car walking across the street tomorrow would you have felt good about like living your life feeling like oh i have no control oh everything's happening to me um you know like everyone's out to get me i'm never gonna get anywhere like nothing's ever gonna change like does that really serve your happiness if you're like if you're having this one short life to live you know what i mean right and it's like we said at the beginning like society feeds off of your scarcity so we're we're in a traumatized and addicted society and society doesn't function the way that it is if you don't buy into that if you're like actually wait a minute i'm a creative and infinitely infinitely abundant human being who is so supported and as you raise that consciousness and you break out of <laughs> sorry <laughs> the cat just jumped on the screen for those of you who are not watching on youtube <laughs> I love this is no, but you know, you're on something like every time the animals come into the room when like we're recording, it's like, ooh, we're on guides are saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a creative and infinitely abundant human being. And our society is not built for that structure. It's just not that's just no. real. And so as we approach any of these things, it's kind of like, how am I relating to the world? When someone insults me, how do I respond? Mm. Do I take it as truth? Do I get small? Do I become resentful? Do I become angry? Do I bitch about it to a hundred different people? Or do I sit with that and go, that's their shit. That's not my shit. Yeah. And then how do I respond to this situation so that I am empowered and not a victim? Mm. Mm. And this is the work you do with your clients too. Like, all of the stuff that you're doing is really in in kind of service of healing the nervous system so that we can really leap out of this space of being in victimhood or feeling like, you know, we can start taking some responsibility and how we respond to things and how we behave and not letting our automatic thoughts and our immediate emotional reactions drive us to do things that aren't going to serve us. Because if you believe what someone else said, and I was bullied for a really long time, up into my 30s, wow. I was in yoga studios in New York, I was bullied really badly. And I allowed it. You know, you can look at it like, oh, the bully, like, yeah, absolutely, totally. But I allowed it because I wasn't powerful enough to say, hey, this doesn't work for me because I was terrified. And I've expressed to Gabby before I have this fear of like, someone's going to stone me or like burn me on the cross. <laughs> like, like the death if you use your voice. I use my voice, which I think is karmic, as we've discussed. And also, it's it was a way I stayed small. Because when I when we start to rise and grow and expand, we will lose people. That's true. And that feels scary to our social nervous system because you know, humans traditionally had to operate in tribes. Yeah. If we on our own, we would die. And then just how it, I was with my mom, it was kind of like, oh, me and my mom, like if my mom's there, I'm safe, which was kind of how I grew up. And so I would attach on to people and be like, everyone needs to like me. My mom said to me yesterday, she's like, it's so interesting because now like I could see you seeking approval from this certain group of people in the past. And now you're like, I don't give a fuck. And I'm just doing what I do. And I was like, yeah, because that's my growth, right? Yeah. Like like be liked by everybody my need to please everybody that was 
that was me being a victim. Mm. That wasn't authentic. That was me being a victim. And yeah, there was mean stuff going on and there was bullying going on. And I complained about it to people who would listen and empathize with me. And it wasn't that my perception was inaccurate. It was totally accurate. And also I wasn't standing up in my power and saying, no, this isn't okay if you act this way in the yoga class that I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. And nobody can give you permission for that power. You have to be the one that actually like steps into that. You have to be the one to step into it. And I think that that applies across the board in our world. And these are such small things. These were, hold on. Uh, These are small steps that we take to create huge change. Mm -hmm. That's what, these were unmet childhood needs of mine where I needed approval. I needed to be liked. I needed to feel loved. I needed to feel cared for. And I didn't recognize they were unmet childhood needs. I was like, I'm 34 years old. It's about the external world. No, it was about that little two-year-old inside of me who needed to be held and loved and cared for. And what I was doing to her was shut the fuck up, you needy little bitch. That's what I was. Yeah. Then it was coming out sideways and unconsciously like you spoke about before. Because I was unable Hustle on. <laughs> the cat's like walking right across the screen, like, yes, yes, this is exactly right. <laughs> so sorry. Right when we got on, Gabby, I was like, oh, I, he has to behave himself. He was not behaving. No, I don't want, no, cats are cat. No, 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 no. Cats, they go by their own rules. And like, I appreciate his input because he is a shaman. So we all know this. Like, her cats has shamanic energy. So we are blessed to have him on our little episode right here for sure. My girl cat was on my counter, just like staring at me. And I was like, okay, that's intense happening. Right if anybody's listening right now, like, and you own a cat, you definitely know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This was about me and I didn't, I didn't want to make it about me. You know, I wanted to make it about the external thing and these, and I was being bullied and that was true. It was totally, I wasn't making that up. It was absolutely true. And also as Gab, to quote Gabor again, he says, when things like that happen, we have an aura of a lack of defense in that area. So almost we will draw that in. It's almost like, and this is going to be a very controversial issue, but he speaks about this a lot. And I love that he does. Sexual predators can sense a victim. Oh yeah. And this is, there have been lots of studies done around this as well. And so that is healing. We have power over doing as long as we are able to recognize where we need to heal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely speak from my own experience too. Like the things that happened to me when I was assaulted and the, and the men I was um, that were coming into my, my energy and my space were definitely attracted to the fact that I was a victim and I was kind of like powerless and didn't feel like I had a voice. And it's something that you just know, like, you know, when you get into it, and this is part of the tribal, like a caveman, um, you know, part of our brain and body, like mechanic, like machines is that we read energy because we, before we had language, we had energy and that's how we decided who was safe, who was an alpha, who was a beta, who like was in charge, who wasn't in charge. And it wasn't because someone said, I'm in charge. I have a title. It was because we picked up on some energy that was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're, 
I'm not messing with you. Like you're in charge or, oh, that guy, oh my God, I can walk right all over that guy. And if you think about like even you have these immediate thoughts when you're a child because you're very much in that primal brain. So that's why bullying I think is so prevalent because you can see like, oh, there's the weakest one in the bunch. We're going to go and like attack that one because we know that that's not going to fight back and they're going to do what we want them to do. So in very much the same sense, it's like this unconscious picking up of the energy of like, this is an opportunity and we don't want to give people the oppor- any opportunities to think there's an opportunity like that. You know what I mean? And that's where, this is where it gets tricky with people starting to recognize their own responsibility. I understand it's fucking painful to look at. No one wants to be like, oh, I was bullied or I was assaulted. And like, what was happening inside of me? No one wants to look at that. That's painful. I absolutely understand and respect and empathize with that. And I've done it with myself. It was my days where I was sexually assaulted or I was in, you know, situations where I was sexually harassed at work by my manager and, you know, eventually had to call it out because he was getting me in trouble with like higher ups. I didn't want to do that. I didn't even believe in that. I would be like, oh, you want to show me your dick? Ha ha ha, whatever. Like I would laugh it off, but then he started to get me in trouble. And I was like, okay, well now I have to say something because trouble. And I was powerful enough to do that. And I know a lot of people aren't, but I was, and you know what happened? No one backed me up who had witnessed it going down. Wow. Single person who had seen it for months of this guy pulling power trips on me, want trying to have sex with me. No one. And I can't, I mean, whatever, it sucks, but like I was allowing it to happen. Yeah. Cause I didn't feel power enough to powerful enough to say, hey, I don't want to search. Actually, I would say that, but he would keep going. Yeah. You know, it was, and this is where we have to take power over ourselves. Like that's not saying what he did was right. I didn't, you know, it ended up okay. Like I ended up keeping the job. He ended up leaving, which they said was that he chose to leave, but I, I'm not sure if that was the truth. But yeah. Um, it was, I was, I was, I, I sat with it afterwards too. I left that day and I bawled, I cried so much. And I was looking at like a number of dynamics in my life. And I was like, what the fuck is happening with me? Mm, yeah. Things in my life right now. And I was, like I said, meditating, journaling, doing yoga all these times a day. And there was still this kind of like unconscious stuff. And it was the childhood trauma that I was bypassing without realizing I was bypassing it. Mm. And as I went to Pacifica and started to heal those, and then I was like a victim to, this was my favorite thing to be a victim to, which is so funny. but the world is so fucked up and everybody's sick. That is true. How I relate to that story depends on whether I'm a victim or not. Mm. Oh, that's so important. So like, can you give us an example of how you relate to that as a victim and then how you relate to it? Maybe not. I will tell you a story, actually. So I was really good friends with this girl and she's in the wellness world. Um, maybe she'll listen to this. Who knows? And birthday dinner and I was, this is 2018. Yeah. 2018. And I was in Pacifica. So I was like in the middle of Pacifica. So you guys, just to give you a little bit of, you know, what that looked like. I lived in New York city was teaching yoga, working for free and as, as an intern and flying back and forth once a month to Pacifica, which is in Santa Barbara. So I'd fly from New York City to LA. California. Oh my God, that's like a six hour flight. Yeah, absolutely. Then I got, you stay there for three nights and then I'd fl- drive back to LA, 
take a yoga class before I got on my flight, flew back to New York, and I was living alone on the Upper East Side. So basically was impoverished. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I went 100 grand in debt. I had no money. And so here's a friend of mine who is a well-known yoga teacher. She's, you know, wellness guru-esque, whatever. And she's like coming into her stage of abundance, really. Like she had kind of gone from not the same story, but like, you know, not making money. And she left the fashion world and she was coming into like, I'm making money. And we went to her birthday dinner and I was like, listening to everyone at the table talk about how they wanted to retire when they were 40. And I was like, my heart was hurting because I was like, how can you as a healer think you're going to retire when you're 40 when the world is so sick? Yeah, that's some fast work. Like, God, the world's so sick. Like, I feel like I have a mission, but I was like so impoverished and I was just, I was tired. I was sad. There was like some weird romantic shit going on in my life and I was sad. And I didn't present my best self. No question. Like, no question. But I was in a really, I mean, I was, I was in it, right? Like, yeah. I, when you, like a, a friend of mine always, and I always say, they should have a disclaimer that says, your life will transform by the time you end this. You might quit your job. You might get divorced. You might, like, there's so That's a disclaimer I now say to people who come into my program, because for real, that literally happens every time you have a hugely transformative experience like that, like an inner spiritual and, like, psychological reckoning. It's over. <laughs> in the middle of it. Cause I started Pacifica in 2016. I graduated 2019. So this was 2018. I was in it. Right. So after her birthday, some things happened that upset me. And I reached out and was like, Hey, this upset me. This is why let's talk about it. She kind of came back at me, like arguing with me, whatever we ended up, I, I ended up going through, cause I was going through it. Something happened. I didn't reach out for a couple of months, a couple of months. I finally reached out to her and she was like, uh, I don't want friends in my life who aren't high vibe. And I was like, okay. I love that. I mean, I, I get it, but I'm also like, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It was bullshit, right? Because yeah. I, it was bullshit because relationships have ups and downs. Like just because you expand your consciousness does not mean that everything's going to be like, oh, we just float on a cloud and everything's peaceful. Like that is That's not cult. <laughs> right. Like, that's something to be afraid of. Like, if you see people who literally have no feelings, like, are just, like, happy all the time, just know that something's wrong. <laughs> Something is off. I'm a thousand percent all about being higher consciousness. But higher consciousness means, you know, when she said that to me, I said, look, I am in it right now. I can own that I'm in a shitty place. I didn't want to come to your birthday. I'm in so much debt. I couldn't afford to come to your birthday. And I went anyways. And she still was just like, no, I, you know, let's put a pin in this relationship. And I was like, oh my God, you're an asshole. Wow. And I kind of, because this is how I felt. And I still kind of feel that way. So that, but what I will say is that was me in a place of healing where I was a victim and maybe needed to be at that moment in time mm. where I was like, the world is so sick. Everything around me is so sick. I am drowning in my own everything. And I had a lot of addictive behaviors. I was watching so much Netflix. I was attached to judgment, to comparison, to overanalyzing, to, you know, like unable to really be happy for abundance because I was in such a scarcity place, even though I was doing all this really deep work. So there's an example of that. 
How I moved out of that was having the awareness of in order to manifest abundance and to be able to come from a powerful place of healing, I have to feel safe to receive. Mm. What that meant for me was healing my central nervous system and processing some really unconscious childhood trauma from like two to five years old that I didn't realize how. So what happens, you guys, when that when we have relational because I didn't have any big T trauma as a child. It was all relational trauma. It was like, you know, just stuff that was happening. Like my parents got divorced when I was really young. My dad then married another woman and decided not to see me anymore. My mom moved me up into the hills in California. And like, we moved a lot. There was just so much instability and I didn't realize. So what happens, you guys, is that that stores in your psyche and then it becomes how you get defended towards the world. And then that becomes how you relate to the world. And then that becomes the creation of your life. Boom. Done. That's literally, that's literally in like one sentence. I don't know how you did that. Yes. 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 And so because it's like how you perceive of everything, it sets your nervous system up a particular way. It sets up your perspective a particular way. And like, unless you fucking challenge that shit, um, you will always be stuck in that victim, that victim state. And I didn't realize, right. So here I am with this friend of mine and I'm like in a victim state angry at her and not realizing why, right? Like angry and like, yes, the earth is thick, but that doesn't mean I have to be sick with it. I need to raise my consciousness so I can help others see that so that we can all heal the earth, so that we can all live a more joyful, abundant, connected way of being instead of this scarcity and addicted to busy and hustle. That's not actual abundance. Even if you have a ton of money, that is not abundance. That's not an abundant way of being. So I had this revelation actually um, right after the pandemic hit, really. Like I'm so you had a revelation too. I feel like literally everybody across the like whole universe during the pandemic was like, oh, it's me. Or like had like some kind of moment, you know? Well, like, I, <laughs> I was like running around New York, you know, I was working in an addiction center. I was teaching yoga. I was starting to take on private healing clients. But when the pandemic hit, I literally lost all my jobs, all of them. And I, I went online teaching yoga really quickly. Some of my private clients stayed with me, but I was addicted to hot yoga, like for no joke for 18 years, like no joke, like addicted. addicted yeah. Am I going to live without this? So I got one of those little tents on us and I would sit in that thing and listen to Carolyn Mace, Sacred Energy Anatomy. Love and- it. And I would just, and I, and she was talking about this. And I was also doing Kundalini abundance uh, meditations that I got from Desiree Pa. Um, so okay. uh, work, this workshop with her. So I was doing those. I was listening to Carolyn Mace. I'm sitting in this little fucking sauna. Then I got COVID. <laughs> As all good stories, like segue. And then I got COVID. <laughs> but then I was like, Oh my God, this is, and I said this earlier, in order to feel safe, in order to manifest the life I want to live and to feel how I want to feel while living it, I have to feel safe to receive. And I have gone on this journey deeply. Really, it was like all of my 20 years of spiritual work and then the years at Pacifica all came together and like exploded inside my being. Mm, And so created. And it all helped me to create the art of connecting, which is the healing group program I'm doing. 
And that was, you know, first it started as a 40 day workshop, but it was like, that was how I created it. And so what actually was really the kicker was I gave up Netflix in June last year. (laughs) You told me about this and I was like, how? (laughs) Even I struggle to give it up. Oh, it was, Gabby, I was just, I was in this. So it's called Gion Shocker Korea. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see, but it looks like this. And I love that one. I love that one. You're enchanting Satnam, Satinam, Satinam, Waheguru, Waheguru. And I do that one 11 minutes a day. And I started that October, 2019. I have done it every day since, even when I had COVID. So I was doing that one and I was like, oh my God, I have to give up Netflix for 40 days. Like it just came to me. And it was, when I see Netflix, I mean, Amazon, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, the whole like group. All the streaming platforms. They're all like Netflix. <laughs> so I had to give them up and I'm shit you not. One week into no TV. And it was like, my brain was like, <laughs> and it was like, I started creating and I started really putting myself out there on Instagram. And it was like, I was like, oh my God. They always say, I always knew the TV was mind control, but holy fuck. Oh my God, it really is. And like the other thing is like they've done studies where people who watch TV, they actually see your brain functioning go down to barely nothing. (laughs) So basically your brain is just like offline. (laughs) Victim to Gilmore Girls because I was watching it on loop for fucking months. And not a bad show at all, but probably not great to watch on loop. Yeah, no, on loop. And so, and that was a trauma response. Do you know why? You know why. I know you know why, but the audience may not. So when we are watching something on loop like that, it's because we're trying to feel safe. Mm. We are seeking something external to make us feel safe internally because we feel chaotic internally. Yeah. Yeah. So more girls became like where I connected, my sense of home, my sense of family, which how sad is that? As I realized what I was doing and I gave it up, my brain went on fire. I really just like started creating. I decided to leave New York City and come back to California. And I've not gone back to watching any of the plot streaming. Not not at all. I have no and, and the best part is I have no interest in it anymore. Yeah. It's so much more time now and energy and like brain space to just be present for life. I used to fiend it too. I used to be like, oh, I just get to go home and watch Gilmore Girls. Like that was like how I felt inside. And after doing so much healing work, that's so sad. But it was just this unconscious stuff that I hadn't processed and that I was still a victim to. And so I always talk on my Instagram about being a victim to the victim to the valid excuses. Yeah. I don't have money. I have a headache. I don't feel well. I'll start tomorrow. I, you know, this thing happened and I need to be sad about it. I recently, when I, you know, when I first decided to work with you, I had two major friendships just explode on me. And immediately, like, it was so crazy. You like just got into alignment and then it was like these whole big things happened. It's just even further getting into alignment, right? It was like, oh, okay. I'm just, it was like from when I gave up TV to just like this catapulting like into alignment. And then I met Gabby and my whole body responded to Gabby the first time we were on a call. I was bawling, crying. And I was, my whole body was like, yes, I just have to hire you. Like, this is, like I have no, like I literally have to. Oh my God, I love you so much. I remember that. You're like, my body is screaming. This is so right. I was like, I love that. <laughs> Mine was too. We don't always listen to that, right? Like we'll make up these twos of like, oh, I don't have the money for that. But it's like, 
you will figure it out. That's the same way I felt when I went to Pacifica. I decided I was going, applied and got in in three weeks time and just started going. Where was I getting a hundred grand from? I don't know. Fairies were paying for it. I figured fairies, the, the, yes, the fairies, the, the abundance fairies. That's kind of like, I'm like, they're coming. <laughs> money fairies are just dropping. It's like your money tree reel, which I love so much. I love that one. That's like, like literally this, this one guy makes these incredible abundance mo- like mantras and like raps and poetry. And it's just like, I literally will listen to it on repeat and I, it works. It works. Absolutely. So, you know, that was huge. And that was where I started to grow out and really started to see my own victimhood really started to see. And Carolyn May speaks about this. Um, I love her and she's so intense about it, but like these behaviors have a secondary benefit. Our sickness gives us love and attention. And we have to have the power to grow out of needing love and attention through our sickness and to believe we're worthy of receiving love when we're in our higher selves. Mm. Because you know what happens when we start to come into our highest selves? We lose people. Are still sick, and we have to decide am I going to be my authentic highest self or am I going to stay attached to sickness? And as Gabor says, you will always suffer if you choose attachment. If you choose authenticity, there will be pain, but you will not suffer. Mm. And that's the purpose of life is to avoid, not avoid, but like to not suffer. Because, you know, joy, joy is what we're really truly meant to be here to experience. And um, abundance can mean financial, but it also means abundance of joy, abundance of freedom, abundance of happiness, abundance of awareness and relationships and all the things that like make us come alive. We have we we're here to live, you guys. And I think it's also like sad when you were talking about your friends who are healers who want to, first of all, want to retire at, at 40, which is like so young, but also like I it's literally never crossed my mind that I'm I like I'm pretty much going to do this till the day I fucking drop dead. Like that's like there's no question. So hearing that just I'm just like my brain is like I cannot compute. Um but yeah, like it's just this doing this work is so tremendously powerful for yourself. Like it's a lifelong process helping others walk through that if you're a healer, you know is just like the best most amazing experience and I'm excited for your group program. We've been working on it for a while. She's really been like, "What can I create that's really going to help people in this, like, like get out of this victimhood state and get safe in your body so that you can transcend, you almost transcend your nervous system and your programming and all the things that make us these meat sacks that make us human and really step into your highest self and conscious awareness and healing and love and joy and abundance. And she's right that the only way to do that in a sustainable way to have it last is to rewire your nervous system and your unconscious to be safe in that space. If you grew up in a space or had experiences in spaces that were very very unsafe, where abundance wasn't there, where scarcity was the primary story or narrative, or um, relationally, there was some trauma between parents or caregivers and yourself or bullying and all of these things. If we do not look at them and we don't take some responsibility and we don't learn how to work through the nervous system stuff and uh, we just won't move forward, Um, you know, and that's, you guys, we all deserve, we all deserve to move forward. We all deserve to live the life that screams to us that we want to be living, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And here's the thing. This 
think about it this way because people always think like, oh, well, wellness and, you know, especially like white wellness, it's so, you have to have so much money. And it's like, imagine if you sat around your house and you chanted instead of gossiped. Hmm. It starts there. You free. don't need it. It's so, it's free. Get on YouTube. <laughs> Any money. Sign up for my 11 days of chanting free. Yes. Oh my God. Like she, literally we're putting it into an automation right now in her email. So you'll be able to actually click and get 11 days of chanting. She leads you through it. Yarrow is amazing. Amazing for that. And I also give whole like talks about psychoeducation with each thing. You start where you can, you start where you can. And then as you start to heal, magic happens. The universe supports you. You just watch. It's bizarre, you guys. I know it sounds like craziness, but like I am coming from the most, we, we're the most grounded people you'll ever meet. Like it literally does. Like when you click into alignment, when you give yourself that permission, when you start to use free resources that are there to start healing yourself, you're going to start to find that things open up for you and opportunities um, open up and that you receive the abundance you need to continue diving in deeper and deeper because this is what, this is what you're meant to be doing. Like you're meant to self-actualize. That's why we're here having this human experience yeah. and when you and it's and, and i cannot emphasize this enough because i really think people just are like well i can't afford it and i can't do what she does because of this like or whatever it starts with one step it starts with dedicating three to five minutes a day to chanting and meditating instead of gossiping and complaining start to notice how much of your time is spent complaining and you know why that is because when we, that's how we connect. That's why everybody's sick because it's like, oh, how are, oh, I'm this and that, and this is wrong. And duh. what happens to your central nervous system when you ask someone and they say, I'm amazing. What happens in your body? Do you contract or expand? And if you contract, then that's your own sickness. If you expand, you're like, oh, I want to be amazing too. What's happening? And you get curious. And I come from a place where I didn't always used to expand. Sometimes I would contract because I pissed off that like I didn't feel amazing. And how can I get oh my God, I would always make fun of those people. I would look at them and be like, oh, fuck those people. They're liars. Like this and that. I'd be so jealous inside though. Like I'm like, oh my God, like what? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it, like you mentioned, like the Pollyanna happiness, that's not real. We're not talking about spiritual bypassing. I'm talking about you actually have to feel the deep pain because what's not feeling the deep pain is projecting out of the world. It that is somewhere your own internal pain. And each of us, if we each did our own internal work, every single one of us, we would live in a very different world. Yeah. Starts with you. And I'm talking across the board. It starts with you because you can produce everything, all division, all war, all poverty is there's not enough. And I'm telling you, there is infinite abundance if you believe it. Mm. Yes. Oh my God, it's like medicine for my whole like mind, body, soul. You do the holy trinity of healing. You're doing it right now, like to me on this very recording. 
Um, this has been such a great conversation and I think so important. And, you know, if you're feeling triggered by the things we're talking about, um, or you're feeling like, oh my God, they're like, so like crazy or like, you know, please DM us, like, let's have a conversation because I think this is something that we need to bring out of the shadows, which is that like, it's okay to be, um, kind of like the world is happening to me and be a victim and to stand in that. And that's needed for part of the healing. But at a certain point we can move past that and we can write a new story and it's not by passing it's actually by process of feeling all the deep feelings you can move through them and so it's safe to do that you're not going to die you're not going to be annihilated and we need to also give you tools and resources to help you and help your nervous system through that process so if you guys are at all interested or curious um, about what we're talking about this is all stuff that Yaro is working on during her 90-day group coaching program it's going to be incredible when does it launch launches may 1st so very soon okay so i think there's only like a couple spots left she so if you guys are interested go apply talk to yaro see what she's all about um i really could not recommend her hire you know as someone to reach out to for this this kind of like spiritual psychological somatic juicy healing that really truly is exactly what i did um to fucking finally heal all of the trauma that i was dealing with and i think it's so important that we recognize like it's it's not just one way of healing like it really is a holistic approach that helps us move forward and it really is trauma is buried in our nervous system and our unconscious and so i encourage you guys we all have experienced childhood trauma i'm telling you like i have not met one person in my whole life who hasn't had one moment where they felt deep pain or experienced rejection at a time when we were really sensitive um so you know it behooves you to just check it out and like think about it and if you find yourself surrounded by people who are really in their negativity really complaining and you like that and that's but then not really you know what i mean it's like it feels good in the moment but you don't feel good overall like ask yourself like what is being around the what what does it do for me to be around these people in a positive way like how is victimhood serving me right how is it keeping me safe how is it benefiting my healing journey and how is it also maybe keeping me away from happiness and like progress and transcendence and so just no shame no judgment just observation and curiosity and it's the beginning of kind of exploring all of that yeah and abundance it keeps you from abundance and yeah. and like said and you're you know your central nervous system may not feel safe to move into these ways of being because you will lose people. And also feeling really big pain, sometimes your central nervous system doesn't feel safe to feel the big pain. So you have to do it slowly. Like, okay, I can feel a little bit of it now. I can let go of the defenses and just, I know we're closing up, but one final thing I want to leave people with is come into relationship with your defense mechanisms. Come into relationship with your perfectionism. Come into relationship with your judgment. What does that look like? Oh, I see you, judgment. Thank you. You've kept me safe in the past. Like, I've got it now. I, I'm really grateful for you. Like, not shaming those parts of ourselves. Because when we shame those parts of ourselves, they just become unconscious behaviors. But when we actually just bring them forward, and this is shadow work, right? Bring them forward and look at them and go, hmm, all right, I see how you, my army, has really kept me safe. Like, thank you. That is so beautiful. That's what a bit, yeah. You kept me safe in the world. And now I need to learn to feel internally safe without you because that's how you're going to experience radiance and abundance and joy and connection and just being able to just 
be and breathe. Mm, yeah. It's a relief. <laughs> relief. Like I just, I always wanted this. Like I, you know this, I found God on the, on the dance floor to rave when I was 19 and I experienced this so purely. And then when I graduated college and grew out of the rave scene, all my defenses came forward, but I knew that was available because I had experienced it on those dance floors and I had experienced it in my life during that time. But what happened is my OCD came out and my anxiety came out and I had to work with that. And then, you know, it became the sneakier ones, the judgment, the perfectionism, the overanalyzing, the being a victim, yeah. how bullied so I can't shine. Well, you're getting bullied because you're not shine, shining. That's actually what's happening. You're not standing in your power and saying, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you do it, they did they'll be like, fine, Jesus Christ. <laughs> actually I finally was just like said some sappy comment back and she never came to my class again. I never saw her again, actually. That was it. And it's so funny because also like showing up and doing that and like starting to use your voice and stand up for yourself so that you can harness that power, y'all will notice the world keeps going no one dies you're gonna be fine you're gonna be totally cool and in fact you're building self-trust and you are healing so just starts with a single step like you said totally does and just think this is so powerful if you take five minutes to meditate chant journal or instead of gossip instead of bonding over negativity that's all it starts with it starts with that and then you start to feel so much better you're like maybe i'm gonna change my diet Maybe I'm going to start exercising. Maybe I'm going to, you know, take a yoga class. Maybe I'm going, and then it just builds and builds and builds until you're like, oh my God, how is this my life? Yeah. I'm so and you look back and you're like, oh my God, like I climbed this mountain and I never thought I could. Yeah. yeah. And it's like slowly moving forward and showing your central nervous system. It's safe to expand. Mm. I love that. It's safe to expand, you guys. It's safe. And if you don't feel safe to expand, go check out Yarrow. Uh, go work with her. I really couldn't recommend her more. She's just an incredible friend, an incredible client, incredible person, healer, all the things. Um, and just such a safe individual to, to do this work with, which is also really, really important. So I will drop all of her information on the show notes. And thank you so much for dropping your wisdom and your realness with us today, because I think it takes a lot of, um, you know, a lot of courage to talk about things that are a little bit controversial and maybe triggering and all of those things. But, you know, it's important to talk about these things because if we don't, how are we ever going to move forward? You know? Absolutely. Um, thank you, Gabby, so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure, really. And I could like, I'm like thinking of all these other things. I'm like, oh, we have to talk about triggers in relationship to victim. I mean, there's so many oh, things. We're going to come. We're, no, you're coming back and we're going to have like a lot more. I'm like, we could go on for hours and hours, you guys, like, but we value your time as well. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And I'm such a talker. I'm like, and then this and this. I'm like a philosopher. I'm like, and then this and this and this and this. Well, this and is why you want to work with her because she's going to give you everything, like all the downloads, all the details. But Thank you again, Yara, so much for being here. And I look forward to just continuing to watch you rise and grow and um, help heal the world. So thank you guys for being here. And if you have any questions, of course, DM me, y'all, if you're listening and you're like, what? Um, or go ahead and DM Yaro. She's available as well. And we are enrolling for our 
our mastermind. It's starting June 1st. Just a friendly reminder, we have five spots left um, and we have two spots left for our Ignite program starting May 1st. So if you're curious about any of those OM programs, uh, go ahead and send me a message and I'm happy to give you all the deets. As always, I love you. I see you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being with us and I will see you next time. And that's our episode for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us at the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm so excited. This next year, 2021, is going to be huge. We have so many guests that are coming on that you are going to love. I'm going to be doing some more solo casts and own therapy coaching. We have so many things rolling out for you. Retreats, another round of Ignite starting in May, another one starting at the end of the summer, a mastermind, and so many other things. So be sure to stay tuned with us on Instagram. Follow me at ohm underscore therapy underscore coaching and stay tuned for so much goodness coming up. As always, I would love to hear your feedback. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review and I would love to give you a free copy of my subconscious reprogramming workbook and that is absolutely free. Just send me a screenshot of your review and on Instagram and I will be so happy to send that over as my gift for you. And I am sending you so many hugs, so much love, and I hope that this week you are able to find just a little bit more joy in your life. Have a good one, guys.